Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to RL Aftershock, the longest-running independent podcast for everything that is Rocket League esports in the European scene. A lack of video version this time, and probably going to be a short one, since, uh, honestly, it's been a bit of a fucking quiet week, to be honest. Uh, but I'm the Eternal J, I'm joined by Digital Bacon, as you would expect, as usual. Uh, how you been this week, my man? I've been quite good, Chin, now. I got the... Uh just completely away from Rocket League. I've been playing that Spider-Man game on PS4. It is as dope as people say. Like, yeah, it's really cool, and I've been enjoying that. Isn't and that Rocket game League's like several good. years old at this point? Like, I think it's probably yeah, about two and a half. It was down to like thirteen pounds on the PlayStation Store, so I was like, yeah, why not? You know, mm. I, I'm one of Honestly. those scroungy gets that waits that long to pick up a game. <laughs> <laughs> In fairness, actually, I've been looking at some games that I've been, had on my radar for a while, like Super Meat Boy, for example, is one of the games oh, I've to pick up so for like good. years. It is so good, but I can see myself getting so fucking frustrated at it. Uh, another one as well <laughs> yep. is Stardew Valley, which I've had my eye on for a little bit of time. Um, uh, I don't get the uh, hype around Stardew Valley. I love an, uh, Animal Crossing. Well, and, I, 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 um, I, I played like a DS version of like Harvest Moon way back in the day and I sort mm-hmm. of like I, I didn't get addicted to it but I enjoyed it enough to the point where like it was my go-to handheld game and, and this is when I was really fucking young so you know I kind of mm-hmm. just have fun memories of just like having wanting sort of like a resource management and simulation game another one I've wanted to look at as well is that I've actually really been enjoying uh, watching people play Football Manager and I was hoping there'd be like an esports version of that there's, there's, there's none <laughs> there's none let's not go into insomnia from oh, what was God, it two no. years back or something like that oh, where no, there was fucking a, hell. how big was that prize pool was it 50, it was 20K? fucking nuts. It was like 20k for a football manager tournament. I couldn't fucking believe what I was seeing. Like Rocket, why the fuck are we here in Rocket League, mate? Insomnia getting 20k <laughs> sponsored by FIFA to run football manager. I mean, like, mate, mate. <laughs> nah. Buddy, we all know the real esport is farm simulator. Come on. Like, we've seen that go, oh boy, you got to get in there. Like, this is ground floor. We even I, thought see auto, actual, I, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say auto chess there, to be honest. Like, I was full, wholeheartedly expecting, considering what we talked about just a moment ago. But no, I feel you on the Rocket League thing, honestly. I, I feel like really bad. I feel like I'm just going to con- contribute nothing to this show because I've just been stuck in CSGO uh, launching SSP1 this past mm. weekend. Uh, which for those of you who don't know, it's been revealed now. Uh, it's basically my own personal fucking broadcast studio, which looks really sick. Everyone knows about it now, um, even to the point where I was at Blast Pro Series on Sunday and fucking the Blast staff and the uh, and the CEO actually like came to me and said, you've done a really good job on the studio, which was just like, <laughs> oh, it's fucking glorious, boys. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, get that recognition <laughs> from an actual production company yep. is, uh, is not too bad, but... That does mean that this is going to be a bit of a short one because I won't be able to contribute much to the conversation, but we're still going to run a show because Bacon did the whole viewing party of the EU RLCS on Sunday. Uh, if you go back to the, to the Twitch channel, um, and then you can go ahead and watch those VODs and see what Bacon's live thoughts were of those matches. Mm-hmm. But this week, we're breaking down all of those matches, plus a small little story. No, not a story per se, but certainly uh, something we wanted to note about the uh, way that Sonics are responding to people nowadays. And we have a question from the mailbag from Velixo coming up on today's episode of RL Aftershock. So let's get into the news in massive air quotes, um, uh, because I don't, cause I don't know if you could consider this news, but I didn't, didn't know where else mm. to put this in the show. But it was an, an interesting little thing I wanted to bring to, uh, to, to light, because uh, we talk a lot about how you know, Sonics are not very transparent and the way that they need to sort of improve that, especially after the open letter, which they had to respond to. And we were like, going forward, they need to be more, you know, uh, more proactive in engaging with the community. They need to be uh, more transparent with things going on. 
and we're seeing steps in the right direction. You know, Ian obviously came out after the servers went down and had to explain things to, and he was a little bit sort of like, you know, vague on how things were going down. But uh, this week, a, uh, a post went up on the subreddit about the Intel World Open thing, um, uh, where this guy basically complains like, hey, I've actually heard nothing about the Intel World Open, which is true, actually. We, we've heard nothing. Even behind the mm -hmm. scenes, we've heard sweet fuck all about what's going on outside of a couple little details here and there it's about team participation down. and stuff. Um, but we haven't heard much at all. Uh, so this guy posts a post on Reddit saying, hey, what's going on? Um, and Scheist, uh, Sinox Murty, comes in and basically says, apologies, for not, apologies, but information will be coming soon. And he even opens this up to the point where you could DM him and uh, get your email signed up so you know you can get a bit more information about what's going on um, which again is a step in the right direction um, I, I just fear that at the moment you know with the way that Sonics have held their own like it, I feel like this might end up becoming the norm where people just acknowledge the problem and then never really answer it per se you know because this is very sort of um you know, there still reeks of like sort of psionics PR control to, yeah. to, to a lesser extent than before because obviously they're engaging now, which again is, is a step in the right direction. But, you know, this could have been the perfect opportunity to clean things up as to why it's taken so long <laughs> to have information being put out. Yeah, or at least give, like, I mean, in the coming weeks, there's always a little bit of an annoyance of like, oh, so it, it's a soon TM sort of deal. Yeah. And so I always make joke of and like you said it's nothing has actually changed at all it's just the fact of they're acknowledging everything but not giving any of the answers and yeah we'll just have to wait but the problem is still underlying of intel world open we expect this for june time and that's still for a lot of normal people is getting in pretty close so you've got to book time off work or try and you know arrange flights trying to arrange accommodations and all of that luckily we this like the uh what's it the qualifier is going to be in katowice which is actually quite cheap to go over and like stay isn't it uh jay but the finals if you're trying to plan to go out to where everyone's imagining it is going to be out in japan that's going to take yeah. a lot of effort to get everyone out there so you need as much time as possible put on uh, to the point street fire has been known about for ages and like a lot of the information like that we say is just purely uh second hand off street fire what you would imagine yeah. would be like the same shit different day you know and then it should be noted as well that's not even reliable sourcing on that particular mm. you know respect but that's all we've got you know because exactly. all, all, the, all the information pertaining to street fire could be completely fucking different for rocket league but because we've got nothing else that's all we We've got to go off, but we have to just assume that this is what's happening uh, with the uh, uh, with the state of the tournament, and you know, especially considering this is supposed to kick off immediately, uh, basically as soon as the RLCS is over. Like it doesn't feel like it's going to be. Uh, it, it feels like this is one of those projects which is like you know, on the surface, it's fucking amazing, and then you know, when we come to actually deliver the product, it'll actually just end up being a, a, a lot of shit, um, which you know certainly wouldn't be without remiss um, uh, on on uh, on the uh, in the Rocket League circuit, you know. Yeah, and definitely when the Intel World Open is actually a big bloody deal. Like, we know the number of orgs that were looking into Rocket League and iron up teams purely for this event. Generally, teams that already have two players of the same nationality. I mean, we know Vitality would have been a big draw to bring it in at K uh, in Alpha was purely for this. So they had a, few, a full French team and could, you know, boast about it. You know, it's their boys. They're not only representing France, but they're representing the whole Renault Vitality roster at one of the biggest tournaments that is going to go on. A lot of teams are looking at, we're looking at teams from, you know, different esports. Jay, that were purely looking in. Like I've had, 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I loved it. It yeah. was revealed earlier this week, so I figured I'd just throw that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that got pointed out. We can talk about that now where we had uh, stuff like ninjas were actually looking to pick up the um, endpoint team when they had already signed endpoint, and that was on the cards. But, I mean, that got held off because um, it was esports items. Ninjas Pretty didn't much. want to wait around for the half a year to get those esports items because of uh, Dynamics things, yeah. I but mean, honestly, I w- I'm, not, yeah. I'm not too upset that NIP have decided to uh, not, to be honest, because NIP are actual scumbags. Um, <laughs> fuck they're, them. They're dodgy. You've got to be careful with ninjas. They're, they're dodgy but... as shit, but it's like, you know, they're, they're some of the most legendary players representing that yep. organization, especially in Counter-Strike, right? You know, like, NIP players in, in CSGO are fucking legendary. And not just in CSGO, in fucking CSS and CS 1.6. So, you know, like, to have those guys be screwed out of, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, is like, nah, mate. Nah, not mm-hmm. on. You know, especially with the we don't we've ever got enough scummy organizations coming back, especially with the return of Red Recunt, uh, Red Reserve, excuse me. Um, so you know, uh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not too upset about that. But um, uh, I mean, for other organizations coming in, you know, especially with the criticisms that we've sort of leveled at the at, at the developer, like to see this sort of like slow transition into being a little bit more engaging, a little bit more transparent. Like, surely that must be some some somewhat appealing to those guys, you know. Yeah, and it's just coming down now. I think the only change I would like to see to this uh, like response would just be more like a clear-cut date, just purely an idea of when to expect this, because otherwise it's just it, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It's just, like I said, the soon TM sort of response of you just happen to then linger. You haven't really been answered. But if you actually give a date or a time frame, you can just be there. Like if they just said, oh, uh, expect it in, you know, next weekend or whatever, um, you can there go, oh, okay, then I don't need to check back in the boards, don't need to hassle you guys for more information. Other people can see it and just go, oh, okay, so we'll just expect an answer around then. But I think the worry there is that Sonic suddenly go, oh, if we get pushed back by another week, we're going to get all the fans, you know, uh, hassle us even more because we have delivered on time. But it swings and roundabouts, but it's still nothing has really changed at all. Well, hopefully changes on the horizon for the Rocket League esports scene. We've been waiting for it for a very long time, but uh, at least we're taking steps to get there, which certainly is more than what could be said for previous years. And that's basically going to be it for the news. Again, the majority of everything going on this week has all been RLCS and RLRS related. Uh, But we did have a chance to get a bit of a question in from our mailbag section. Uh, Of course, if you join the Discord in the show notes and video descriptions of every single episode of the podcast, uh, then there's a mailbag channel which you can send questions and topics to us and Chances are we'll answer those questions and discuss those topics live on an episode of RL Aftershock. And this week we have one from Velixo who talks to us about the bubble scene. One of our favorite topics, Bacon, on this show, I think. He asks, do you think an active bubble scene with more events and higher prize pools, but with no or few RLCS teams participating would be enough to foster good talent development or is cross-pollination with RLCS teams required? I think me and you are going to disagree with this one on a certain uh, certain couple of aspects here, Bacon, uh, because mm. personally, I feel like, you know, the, the bubble scene, I've asked for the bubble scene to be catered towards. That does not mean to integrate it, uh, sorry, t- to cross it with the RLRS and RLRS RLCS sort of teams, you know, I think that those opportunities will come and go as, as they happen with an open circuit, you know, if you create an event that's appealing enough to certain organizations and teams, you know, they will come, example, Dreamhack, uh, where all the big teams are always out and there were always some bubble set, uh, bubble scene teams 
that are allowed the chance to uh, uh, to, to, to make a bit, a bit of a run. You know, we've had some famous examples where that actually did happen. Um, but I think for the scene itself, like just in terms of its own individual development, it needs its own individual uh, it needs its own individual circuit of events and you know higher price pools and such like mm. that. Um, the crossover is always going to be uh, the, the gap is always going to be obvious. But the problem that I've always had with the bubble scene is the fact that the gap is so wide that it's virtually impossible to cross over, especially with the qualifying systems that are in place the fact that there is you know no motivation for players to keep playing in bubble scene teams you know and if you naturally go the way of increasing prize pools and yeah teams higher up the ladder will always be interested in coming down to, to do mm. that but if you keep putting on these tournaments eventually they only want to be focused on the highest end uh, tournaments that they can get their hands on so naturally it would eventually separate until the point where we have like a defined bubble scene a rival series and a championship series um and again there'll be certain tournaments where it's sort of like high enough for you know, rival series teams to want to kind of play down, uh, but also have an element where, you know, bubble scene teams will want to play up essentially. Um, it's a very complicated sort of topic because Bacon, yeah. I think you said, I think you're wholeheartedly in agreement that you want to see cross, uh, cross pollination in between the two. Yeah. I sort of want to see a two pronged attack. So your opening one we've always banged on about is the ESEA system to try and make it to the RORS where you have, Christ, let's just say a 20 team league play just going on continuously, sort of like our stream, give it out to the community if they want to broadcast it, whatever. But that's your road into RORS and they fill up those bottom spots. Uh, just look to Counter Strike for that sort of system, it's the best one. They've also got Face It, do a very we, similar thing. We should thing, be noted, by the way, because I know that ESL changed their system and, and Face It actually don't have that system in place whatsoever. Um, uh, but ESL changed their so. system, so it's semi exclusive. So, we, when we talk about the ESL and the SCA system, we're talking about the ESL ESCA system of old from before yeah. this current season and previous seasons before, where that is basically exactly how it worked. Uh, but please continue. Sorry, I just, I just had to add but that. In. Essentially, yeah, sorry, no, no, thank you for clarifying. Um, where you just have different ranks let's just say right now you'd have rank a rank b rank c 20 teams in each and then you just have like a little shift in every three months um or well in line with um the rcs season and you'd make it your way there then as a second prong do you just try and up the number of lands that are currently going on we're not talking about big big lands we're talking about you know your insomnias um out to say Netherlands got to work with Game Force, which was quite cool. But just trying to up those so that you have your bubble teams around, but then you try and get the one or two pro teams. Generally, we know a lot of pro teams would be happy to go along to, you know, 10k tournaments, uh, even 5k for some of them um, of the RLCS teams. As long as everything's paid for, they're fine to take, uh, you know, weekend out of their time because they're not losing any money. They're paid to do it happy days and then you get that sort of cross-pollination there but it requires both you can't just have one without the other because naturally if you have that ESEA or ESL format then you're only going to get those bubble teams going up against each other so you're not going to have the growth level that experience going up against RLCS teams but then Jay like you said if you just have the lands well then they're going to get knocked down the RLCS teams are just going to take all the glory each and every time because they are the stronger team 
and then with those lands, they're not constant enough to actually warrant the teams to stick together. You At the moment, I think the biggest re, uh, thing for bubble teams is to have a reason to stick together after they don't make the RORS. We all see it after every plans, they all break apart and then only come together once again, once there's an announcement of next season. That off season, there has to be a reason to stay together and grind. And, and that's improve. the reason why I love open circuits so much because it provides outlets for both of those solutions to be a thing, you know, so that way you know you can compete in the Rocket League, you know, open series, which promotes the rival series, which promotes the championship series. But then you've also got tournaments outside of that, you know, like um, one of the most common tournaments that I end up working actually is a tournament called uh, Loot Bet CS. Uh, you may or may not have heard of it, Bacon, but it's a bit of a shit online league. It's not like a massive mm -hmm. sort of uh, uh, deal. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's not really... It's, it's not that kind of thing where it's like everyone's going to rant and rave about it, but it is the kind of thing where it sits outside of the main circuit, but it also provides opportunities for some lower level teams to get, in, <clears throat> excuse me, to get involved and, uh, and and to improve their skill and to compete against some high level squads. We've got teams like Hellraisers and AGO competing in this tournament, but then you've also got teams like the Isaac Opals and fucking Team Unique uh, squads that you've never fucking heard of who have come through an open qualifier system and they're playing in this sort of like, you know, tournament outside for $30,000. Uh, and, you know, they're playing this tournament outside of the ESLs, the ESCAs, the Flashpoints, um, you know, the uh, the fucking majors. You know, it's a tournament completely separate to all that to allow those things to cross, uh, to, 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 to allow those two tiers of tournaments or those two tiers of competition to cross over. And that way, not only does it benefit, you know, those teams, or not only does it benefit, you know, the opportunity, not only does it give the opportunity for, you know, lower level teams to prove themselves in a higher level environment it also contributes to the scene as a whole because that way all teams will learn from each other the lower let the rival series and championship series squads will learn from the bubble scene teams and learn what they're going to be up against in the next season if and when they promote and then the bubble scene teams can learn from those guys to help improve their own game and therefore Im improve the underbelly of the circuit you know and that's why I push so much for like, you know, the, the 5,000 cap to just basically just be abolished. You know, I think that, you know, if we were just allowed anyone to run a tournament within a certain couple of restrictions, like not conflicting with Sionix official tournaments, and then everybody benefits as a result. You know, a rising tide raises all ships, as they say. And that's the reason why, you know, I, I think that we need to open up the floodgates a little bit. Well, and, and this whole sort of like the third tier to Rocket League would be perfect for someone like ESL no, to come in not, and not even just ESL, run you know? How about Face it and their integration? How about you gave it to Smash, mm. for example? They've already got API access. Both of these sort yep. of like, you know, uh, both of these uh, uh, companies have API access and they have sort of like, you know, the, the infrastructure to essentially run uh, a third tier below, which could have in, in theoretically have infinite number of teams. So like, why not just let's say, go go, go on guys, let's, let's, let's make it happen. Let's fucking, let's, let's fucking go and make this this shit happened but but no you know like the op the opportunities there no one's bothering to say hey let's take up the take up the take up the groundwork even if you put ten thousand dollars into an open tournament mate everybody would sign up not because of the money not that's the no, no, yeah that's I, the thing that's you don't even you need, need that not you don't even need that because not only is it attractive to open to, to bubble scene uh, teams because they've only been stuck at a maximum a maximum of five thousand dollars they'll also get the opportunity to go even further higher up the ladder like it's a fucking perfect solution easy peasy cheapest chips yeah. so so simple from any sort of basic esports mind. Yeah, and you just hate, and like we said, every single season, everyone bags on about how the planes are in outdated format, on the day performance should not be a thing. You, 
you still need an aspect of on the day because you need it every single match day. But the way you do it, like we said, use this third tier and then say the top eight teams, whatever, from however many teams that say uh, 20 trying to think numbers yeah just go 20 teams or whatever from like their own little league play that's been running you know two nights a week get two games in it's not that hard to sort of like facilitate that is it now and then you get those top eight teams and they're the ones we see on the play-ins bracket on that absolute awesome broadcast where it's a lot easier to function you know when we were there with rival we're just waiting for those games to come through i remember we started a little bit later uh than we were expecting but then once we did every single game was ready for it. and it's a little bit of a clusterfuck when some players are having to wait you know four hours so that they can get on stream it's uh, it's a little bit silly because you lose out on that steam whereas you know if there's a more structured um you know way of doing things it'd be so much better for them plus these guys have earned their spot into there and they're going to get limelight it's not about you know teams that just drop on out so early in the planes and everyone's a little bit disappointed by them like we saw from may contain nuts in previous seasons and like previous two seasons i think that was uh to try and make it on through if there is just more structure more of a clear-cut way to make it into the rlrs or one the orgs would try and stick in because there's that sort of like weight below them and you do you relegate into that esel sort of format you don't just get straight knocked on there's out like a bit of a so that there. there's a little bit of um safety yeah, that's it. Because that's the problem with RORS teams right now. You can get picked up for, like, and the money is ridiculous. It comes down to the players themselves, but anywhere between one to 2,000 uh, euros a month. But it comes down to the orgs wanting to jump in for that. And the contracts are only six months, which isn't really great. And I'm saying six months. It's basically three months because that's what it is for the, uh, like, they do it by a per match day sort of basis and trying to equate it on out because they're not going to pay you for you know the following three months where there's nothing going on there has to be constant stuff and then it would allow you know orgs to come on in uh like you see with endpoint for example jay within cs where they'll broadcast their own games you could see i'm just going to say right now let's say big come on in and they want to pick up a german rocket league team you know it's not the biggest shout on that like outrage shout in the world but they want to also broadcast all of their games ESCL, in this ESCL format where they just want to continuously <laughs> ESCL combination yeah. it's a shit between the two yep but you know what I mean where they just want to come on in you can see a lot of the Spanish orgs do that as well when you think of uh, like the Movistar guys and that where they just yeah, they just want to create the most content, the most bang for their buck. And this would provide that where you just go, anyone can broadcast these games. You just got to ask permission, get signed up on the day, and we'll just send you through, you know, the access so you can report on it, get into the games and see it that way. Even, yeah, it, it's not the hardest system to put in place. And we're just there going after so many years. We're coming up to the fifth anniversary of Rocket League and we're asking yeah. still for I mean, what even, even from a broadcast 
interesting perspective. It also allows opportunities stuff. for streamers and casters to build their own brand. Like, you know, imagine Johnny Boy jumping on and doing some fucking, you know, matches. That shit would be awesome, mm-hmm. you know, for, for his viewers and for the rest of the scene as a whole to be casted by Johnny Boy. That would be amazing. You know, obviously, I'd love yep. the chance to do that. You know, if we fucking, you know, I, I can change the graphics up on this uh, up on this studio so we can have RL Aftershock being a, a coverage hub for, 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 you know, the open series and, and, for, and for the playing bracket. You know, we, we could do that so easily, you know, and it's an opportunity to, to let people strut their stuff in terms of the broadcasting thing. Like, again, it's such a no-brainer of- because it just opens up so many avenues and so many opportunities for teams, players, casters, everyone involved in the fucking scene. Yeah, and like you bring it up about Johnny Boy, he's a more known dude. He's not going to do each and every week, but it just comes to one week where he doesn't ha- like, you know, he just doesn't have anything planned for that evening. He can say it aside, and then you get that sort of where he gets generally like what one thousand of viewers and that many eyes on your format, and you're getting such a return of interest because really you're putting down no money at all. It just comes down to Smash leaving automated systems in place which they've already got, and I'm just using Smash because it's you know the way rocket league is done it is such a no-brainer and we're just there looking at it going why is this not been implemented and to me it just seems like everything below rrrs and to some degree I mean, that's even the including RRRS, thing, RRRS, anyway, isn't at this point we're digressing uh, because we're going to go on a tangent about how sonics are shit but that uh, that's that's that that, that, yeah. that must be a given by this point if you're listening to the podcast for any for any length of time but thank you again <laughs> for Lixo for sending in that question and again if you want to get involved in the show the best way to do so is through that mailbag again the discord link is in the video descriptions and show notes of every single episode of the podcast click it jump in join the discussion join the pick and prediction show which unfortunately we don't have the results for this week uh, i'm going to wholeheartedly blame Dex he's a busy man but fuck him um, <laughs> he also said yeah f- fuck those guys giving us their free time to help me run my Screw shit podcast volunteers. Uh, yeah <laughs> no but yeah again we got a prediction game going on uh you know me and bacon are taking part in it you know all the predictions that we make on the show are counted to our own individual scores of the prediction game uh, so again, you guys can get involved in that. And again, send us a mailbag question. Chances are I will answer it live on an episode of RL Aftershock. Right, let's do the tournaments. Um, obviously, round one of the rival series and week two of the championship series have gone by this past gone weekend. And um, uh, it was a, an interesting little time there, Bacon. A lot of little stories cropping up. Um, the big overarching sort of storyline from everybody, though, however, is the thing we've been talking about for the past mm. couple of weeks when it comes to the meta talk. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, Breezy said after we did the uh, after the, we did the planes as uh, after we did the plane show that the uh, the meta game was shifting. I think you agree with that after we covered last week's uh, 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 matches. Um, well, I, just, just, just to refresh us real quick. Oh, just yeah, to refresh us real quick. Explain back, to me this new meta what and what the strategy is to approach you know, matches on your opponents. But yeah. So the whole new meta is about basically counterplaying and you're focusing on what your opponents are doing. So that's why you're starting to see a lot of inconsistent rotations and such because players aren't talking about what they're doing, you know, uh, grab like shouting out simple stuff so much as grabbing boost or I got it. 
they're just talking about what their opponents are currently doing. Like, uh, let's just say from last night, uh, the Mouse Sports uh, reciprocity game, Speed could be there shouting out, oh, Fruity's low on boost. Uh, Fair is stuck in the corner. They're trying to talk about and then hoping that just from their chemistry together, they can naturally know where each other are if they're communicating because they've seen something on their pit on the pitch yeah. from their opponents. That should be able to help them synergize. And right now, it's looking sloppy because it is just not matured yet. And it's to the point really? of just pound for pound, like as a whole series go, the RLRS looked better than the RLCS this week. And that's purely, yeah, that's just purely because the RLRS, uh, bar Weedem Girls and Vertex, I'd argue, um, are playing the old meta the very much ball chasing meta which is actually quite exciting to watch isn't it like it's a lot of fast-paced gameplay that's just fast-paced gameplay is always going to be exciting to watch because that's just how rocket league is and the toning of it um we'll go into the results of rors a little bit later but yeah at the moment it's just coming down to such a boring match even though and this is quite an interesting thing even though with the rlcs like uh speed and you know little spoilers here reciprocity beat mouse even though speed said he thought he played better this week he got the loss this week and i was looking on a pitch and going you guys are playing god awful but i can see where he's coming from where there was just very minor mistakes coming through where they just got to change up little things and the new meta will be put in place. And it's coming down once again to what team can get there first. We think about previous metas, the bull chasing meta, just how quick Barcelona or Savage came to the rise purely because they're faster than every single opponent. Uh, you take a look back to Dignitas uh, when they were, what, Gale Force even then and how they quickly rose just purely from the quickest passing plays possible. And this right now is on the cusp of being great. When we come around to well, it is going to be such a counterplay <laughs> meta and I'm scared of that because it's either going to be the most boring worlds there ever was purely because it's all slow it's waiting upon your opponent to make a mistake or create an opportunity and then you just punish it because it, it will look a lot cleaner than what it is now. It's like, I, I describe it as this is Danny's dream play, purely because he loves the intricacies. He loves 1-0 games where it's just great defense. And the only problem at the moment is the defense is pretty damn shocking because the teams aren't lined up with their rotations correctly. And of course, everyone's so worried about their defense at the same time that they're not pushing up and attacking Yeah, no, correctly. I was going to say. So it's that case of give it three, four weeks and the Met is going to be in sync, but right now it's in shambles. So, like, talking about the meta, I mean, if one of the things you mentioned a moment ago was the fact that all the teams that, that, that are benefiting from it is the rival series, but you also said that, that it's all coming down to trusting in each other's chemistry. So, like, wouldn't that theoretically more benefit the championship series teams more than the rival series teams? Or like, how, how the fuck does that work, mate? So the rival series teams right now, like I said, where the only te two teams that are currently playing like it are Vertex, who, shocker, were absolutely abysmal this week, and Weedem Girls. Weedem Girls are able to afford to try and build this up now, and they're doing things correctly, uh, or not correctly in the sense of playing. Uh, they're still quite a little bit disjointed, but where the bar in RORS is lower, naturally it's easier games, and they're really high-caliber players. All three of them, realistically, are worthy to be in RLCS, maybe not in this um, current grouping because they're relatively fresh, but they could be up there. 
they're able to make all these mistakes and still come out on top. So they're currently trying to learn what they think is going to be a meta for a good while and make it up through. And we see from week one's results, they can do it. Like Weedem Girls still look a little bit shocking, still looking a little bit shaky, still with a lot of openings. And you'll notice as well, this current meta can really, really hold up against super fast plays. It couldn't like right back at the start of the off season because players were really, really shaky at it. But now it's coming head to head against, you know, your bim bam, your really fast style and being able to take it out pure because you're stopping any momentum in its tracks. And so when it comes up to RLCS, all the teams are trying to do it and all the teams that are very shaky, but in the RLRS, I'm going to point out Weedham Girls is the ones to watch because they're the ones where it's going to show old versus new meta because you look to teams like Block Block, RCD, Espanol, uh, Baguette Squad, they're not going to be picking up that new meta just yet because what they're doing is working. So for the first half of the season, those teams are going to be pretty hot. Come to the second half, we'll have to see as people uh, are starting to change on over. So, I mean, obviously you made a couple of passing mentions to a couple of different teams. I just wanted to probe you without going into details on the uh, on the results. Who do you think has come out, you know, better or worse due to this meta shift? Um, the teams that have come out better, like I said, would be Weedem Girls because they're going in straight with the core of this idea. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I... I look at like mouse sports reciprocity. I don't like this play style at all. So I don't like it from them. I really loved how mouse played like last league play. And it's just always exciting at the moment. It just seems like, especially with a team that has just come together, it's not great for them because they need to build up that chemistry straight off reciprocity are making the change. And it makes perfect sense because they've got good chemistry with each other. And right now it just comes down to exactly that. If you can put it, and apply it to a team that already know each other quite well. You know, the teams that didn't make changes in the off season is why I'm surprised Dignitas haven't made this change as well when they're still playing the old, um, very fast, they're very heavy on passes and trying to do a lot of build up. Um, but they could be one of the teams that make the change up. But ideally, it could also be down to ideals here, Jay, where some teams just think, no, that's not how you should play. You shouldn't be waiting upon your opponents and then building up plays off of their mistakes. You should be trying to create opportunities yourself. So we could be seeing a new meta pop out with maybe two, even three different results where you have a very build-up focused. You have a lot of just hard, aggressive plays, and then you get this counter strap, which I don't think in the past we have seen three very effective metas come out of Rock League at the same time. We've seen two. All right, then we'll, we'll see how that rolls out for the rest of the weeks. For this week, though, as you mentioned, some very sloppy style of games, and I guess we can sort of like get into the results and start talking about that. Uh, we'll start with the Rival Series. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, first round being played, all matches on the mainstream, and the results were as follows. The uh, Block Block Squad beating out Vertex 3-1 to kick things off in the Rival Series. Um, but the following matches were all 3-2s. Very close little matches coming through, just down at the single games. Uh, RCD beating Triple Trouble, RJM beating Baguette Squad, and Weedem Girls beating uh, BDS, uh, which of course leaves your standings as you would expect. Obviously, Plot Block, RJM, Weedem Girls, and RCD being up with a single victory apiece. And TT, BDS, 
um, at Big X Squad and Vertex being down at zero to one. So um, uh, let's talk about some of those closer matches. And, and given, given the focus of the meta in mind, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the lineups um, that we've mm -hmm. seen coming out and how well they have you know, risen or, or, or fractured as a result. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Triple Trouble. Um, obviously, I've wrecked them. I, I've rated them pretty highly. I thought that Bluey's introduction to this team would allow them to be among the top, top, top sort of two or three in, in terms of the uh, in terms of the rival series. But not a great start for them losing to RCD again. A close little matchup. But I guess kind of a, to take stock into what you were saying as well. You didn't you didn't share the same sort of opinions that I did uh, in this team. Well, Triple Trouble, I do rate, but they're not going to be the highest of the highs straight off the bat. Uh, going to quickly bring up Wikipedia on my screen right now. But I think I was the only person here to actually rep RCD Espanol for winning this game. And it purely comes down to Triple Trouble don't have that chemistry yet. They just brought in Bluey. He's a big change up from um, Brito B, you know, last season, isn't he? And so they've got to learn a sort of new play style whilst adapting. Then they're adapting the old play style to fit him more. It's brought in more pace, which is good, but it's not so close knit. Going up against RCD Espanol, who I'm just going to say had a very, very poor start it took them the two games really to get swinging when they are swinging jay you remember from the rival series this team if they're on form is the strongest team in rlrs at the moment i don't predict by the end of league play that they will be but currently coming on in they're the fastest team they've got the most synergy between them they're just so damn aggressive and so clutch on their jump across net defense that they just look the best team there is like i said coming towards the end of the season i think weedham gills will take that mark as they improve themselves and RCD aren't going to change up their play style, are they? Because they've got something that's working for them right now and is making them the strongest team. There is no necessary reason to change because if you start making changes, they're going to create mistakes. And looking at that triple trouble, I thought it would be a free two. I just did not think it was going to be purely from um, RCD. Near enough throwing the very first like two games like you look at yeah. those results three one to triple trouble rcd hadn't showed up they started to get a little bit better two one as they started to build up momentum but then three one four two three two don't get me wrong triple trouble were coming back at the end where they had figured out how to play against rcd espanol but it was just too late like it it's just the fact that RCD were able to play their own game style and Triple Trouble weren't ready for that. That, to me, just means that they probably need to do a little bit more homework, a little bit more research in this team, because they're going to have, if they struggle against RCD Espanol, there's a very similar play style for Block Block and for BDS, so they would warrant looking at how these teams play and how to counteract them. And it really comes down to the macro of the game, making sure that you control the boost primarily because they will work of speed, but then also at the second part, making sure to um, just basically pass it about a little bit more, confuse them up because you need to pull those, the defenders out and that's a naturally hard part because triple trouble we're still trying to work off learning each other so adding on the fact of learning other teams it might be just a little bit too much but naturally their caliber like i said they're going up against the top team i think so at the moment and it's a free two steins that down the line you know when we've got next week coming up um and triple trouble aren't at uh only have one team next week vertex compared Compared to how Vertex played this week, it should be an easy run for them. So it's a good little bit of resting room for them. 
I mean, you're talking about like going forward though. Triple Trouble still have to take on all the big sort of like new names. Obviously, Block Blocker in week three. Uh, in week four, they have like the week off, but after that, they've got RJN and then obviously the Baguette Squad team after that. But mm. like some of the teams that they've got coming up are really going to be fucking tough as well. You know, even got like, you know, when, when it comes down to the meta game, like those guys. You know, obviously they're so set in their ways because they've been around for such a long time. You know, they've been competing in rival series or championship series in two cases, um, and and I'm just sort of looking at this squad like. You know, like how much ad 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 adaptation do they need to sort of like you know make in order to try and combat some teams like the RCDs of the world? So. Yeah, next time they'll face off against RCD, if it does happen, of course, we'll be promotion players. Um, by I, I could see RCD coming out very top. Um, what they need to change up, one, is just making sure that they're in correct positions quite often. Um, a lot of their build-up plays, a lot of their um, attacks broke down just because one man was way too far back trying to grab boost, for example, not realizing that there was a required three men up front to hold that midfield line. Or secondly, just on the defense, no one really, uh, like they let in a couple of silly goals purely because all three players were upfield. No one actually facing their own net to be able to treat back and make a save. So there's a lot of just runaway balls and that just comes down to experience with each other once they get that figured out they'll be pretty much on form and setting the bar for top three because triple trouble they're all rlcs players realistically rick's ronde might be the only borderline player but he's still fucking fantastic and they just got to hold it off and realistically just keep trying to battle out for me, they've just got to have the idea of look at these RLRS teams. Realistically, they've just got to watch Weedem Girls and RCD, I think. Maybe RJM, but that's uh, that's a far shot there. And just continuously slog away, do their research, and just focus on those targets because they're natural place that will beat out every other team in the RLRS. Let's talk about RJM next. Uh, obviously, the other, uh, the, the other one of the teams. Uh, actually, I just realized taking a look at the results that all four of the rival series returning squads from this week all got fucking defeated, uh, mm -hmm. which I guess really sort of like shows that the change in meta. I guess to a, to a, to a, to, a, to a certain extent, obviously. Uh, but RJM managed to trump the Baguette squad, and they look pretty good doing so. You know, um, uh, all the games they lost were down to within a single goal, and all the games that they won, their opponent didn't score a single fucking thing. So, what happened to Baguette? squad in games two four, uh, four and five well just straight from the fir uh, first point there jay how much of the returning rl rs squads did we actually see in the off season have a look at bds triple trouble i think we saw once and baguette squad like we didn't see any of them in the month did we they just no. they must have only focused on scrimming where all the other teams did a balance of scrimming plus the uh taunts that were on offer from your nice cactuses to Daz's skirmishes to the uh drama alert and rocket kingdom weeklies that they are doing and it just shows these guys were sluggish um you take a look at near enough the returns like i want to say Get Squad had a decent start, but that was all purely because RGM weren't ready. And then after that, it became a lot of back and forth until RGM were able to adapt. And that becomes the biggest factor of these returning teams. There is no adaptability to them, it feels like, where they're just comfortable playing their own playstyle that hasn't changed up upon last season. Uh, they haven't approved upon last season. And they're just logging. They're just making sure to... Uh, 
Keep going on. They'll trudge. And that's a problem because that ain't good enough. Right now, you look at, don't get me wrong, we've got a couple of weaker teams. Like, I'm going to say Awkward Tells to me and Savetjan Eva are probably bottom four contenders. They just are naturally lower caliber players. But then there's a fight for the rest of them. Vertex struggle with the pressure here. And then you've got Baguette Squad, BDS, where you're like, do do they get which of those guys get another season ROS purely because they're just naturally higher caliber players, but they haven't actually put you know the work down to improve that talent. I mean that's kind of like a recurring storyline between all the returning uh, teams. You know, obviously the fact that they haven't practiced at all in the last month. You know, obviously as you mentioned, um, you know only focusing on scrims, and I think it's kind of starting to show because of that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, to see Baguette Squad even just get trounced to the point of like scoring no goals, like how many people do you think realistically expected that in the games that they that they end up losing? Like it feels like such a different level of performance from RJM. And again, considering the meta discussions, like how much mm. of that is down to the fact that they weren't able to adapt? So RGM currently play a very passing heavy meta. We know that between Justice and Mike Boy, that's always been their thing as a little duo. Which plays um, well into the fact that you need chemistry to make the uh, the new meta work. Exactly. So they'll be one of the ones where they're still learning Rizex. Um, I don't expect them to change up their play style until the off season, just because they're trying to get a little bit more comfier with each other. And Rizex does fit in quite nicely. Who knows? Um, but yeah, going up against Baguette Squad, which again they've got the same team as last season. For me, it just seems a little bit of complacency, you know, where they were just quite happy to be in. You, yeah, you do your scrimming just to keep playing and keep yourself refreshed, but it doesn't feel like there was any innovation put in. So when they're put into this situation where they've got to adapt to a team where I don't know if they've scrimmed them at all, but it just didn't feel like it, like they were going in blind. They came up, you know, aces in that first game where RGM just couldn't really get things started. And then after that, it was a lot of just, oh, okay. I don't know what we're doing in game two. Game three, RGM did fall off a little bit and made a couple of silly mistakes. Get squad were able to pounce to those and get them, but they really didn't have a true way to combat RJM in an effective manner. So even though it is a free two, I would argue that RJM really had a much better show in there. Well, We Dem Goals also had a better showing as BDS. Um, this was the uh, the team that we took a look at, and you know, we, we, we obviously I, I mentioned the plateaus coming through. I think you mentioned yep. before the season started that this will be the season where they finally drop off. Um, uh, and but against a team like We Dem Goals, I honestly think that this is actually not even a bad you know result for this team. You know, considering you know the new signings, considering the fact that they got uh, the games that they won again. We Dem Goals didn't score a single goal. They were still game uh, single goal differentials in those uh, in those uh, games. Uh, three and fours um, but you consider the caliber of we them girls and how they did get pressured to a certain extent and it's like well hold on this is a team that we've also seen make some seriously you know silly sort of rotational mistakes bumping players mm -hmm. out of the way and potentially opening up some dangerous uh, openings for the for the likes of teams like BDS so uh, obviously you watched the series I didn't I have to ask you is that truly the case is that you know once again are those problems coming up and are they affecting we them girls or, or what it is like it was to the point everyone was there going oh 
oh, this could be a 302 Weedem Girls. And I was like, uh, you can go back through the Discord. I called it straight there and I did it in my predictions. I've got this perfectly bang on 3-2 to Weedem Girls. And it's all because Weedem Girls, Jay, if you remember going through any of the offseason, they'll win the first two games and then throw the next two. And I mean literally yeet that right <laughs> at the wall. It's splattered up against it. And they just look at it and go, that's a nice little bit of art. Oh, <laughs> oh shit we're two games down let's win this last one they just don't i don't really understand what happens to them in games three and four to just give up like they don't give a shit anymore it comes around to game five they finally realize oh shit this is game five we've got to win this now and they'll go and win it and that is every single fucking week it feels like don't get me wrong we'll go into next week against Savet geneva it won't be the same case because they'll naturally be able to play that half-hearted style i think anyway but when they go up we them girls have got RCD Espanol next week. They are not going to be able to do that once again. And I just do not understand it. And again, Jay, you see all these bumps. I So I criticized Greasy during the plans, like for just getting caught up and saying, stay back in week one. I don't know why, but that must have angered him. And like he got right up into attack and did quite good on attack. Don't get me wrong. Showing that he can be very effective there. I just think it's there going, you, you need to think about, guys, the best way for this team to get promoted. Don't think about, you know, the greed of yourself. I want to get this goal. And you know, how can I improve? No, you think, how can the team improve? And that's a problem, especially when it's really odd with the play style that we them girls are going for. And you'll notice that generally during those two games, which they threw, I think I saw in total one pass during those two series. That's bad. Especially when you've got a team that like, you know, we always talk about the uh, Ixo and Breezy connection and those who can work with each other. The same for Greasy Meister. You can get right in amongst the mix there. And they're just going thoughtlessly ball in front of them, run it straight into their opponent's net. That's going to get blocked out. It's like banging their heads against a brick wall. And it seems like they enjoy doing that, which is really odd. But... There's the potential there. They just got to sort out their own, I don't know, mental issues going on with that squad to just really drop off because this is a team that could make it into the RLCS next season and do well. But I, I don't know. They're just holding themselves back. And on the opposite end, BDS, it was an abysmal performance from them. Monkey Moon had a decent showing, um, but that was really it. It's just that... It, yeah, BDS shouldn't have been given one goal. This should have been a 3 0, but we them girls were the reason why they didn't 3 0 them. I mean, you talk about that team complexion, everyone going up to the strikers role, and I'm starting to get, like, again, I, I know I, I talk about this all the time when you have, like, a, a team based off of strikers, but I'm going back to the Savage sort of comparisons mm -hmm. from, like, several seasons ago, and it's like, will we them girls suffer from that because of those issues, or is there a way in, or is there some sort of, like, you know, something in the team composition that we're not seeing outside of the fact that everyone likes to just bash their head against the wall? Is there potential for them to reel it in and, you know, use sort of formation around the three-man unit? I think the problem is that all three players have got the ability to be the star players, you know, and 
I have a massive problem with that purely because I think Greasy is a fantastic defender. And that's why <laughs> he I was doesn't. There going, yeah, he doesn't <laughs> he, he, he want he to be a defender. Oh, fucking yeah. heartedly. And I'm just there going, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you want to make RLCS? Like I said before, it's not about you, it's about the team, isn't it, Jay? Like, that's always the case in every single uh, team based sport. And he is just so clutch. But the problem is that. When he should be that third man back, his two teammates will jump at the ball. If there's a little mistake, he'll follow up thinking that he can get a goal. or And that just leaves them open for opportunities. There are so many chances for overcommits. And that goes... I, I, I point out Greasy because his are the most obvious, but all three of them do it. And that is a massive problem. At this current meta, if they go up against Weedem Girls... Uh, if Weedham Girls, sorry, go up against one of those counter strap metas, uh, like from Mouse or Reciprocity, they're going to get hit so hard with the ugly stick, just purely because their flaws are massive. Currently, right now, when they're going up against, you know, teams that are just trying to play uh, that fast ball chasey style, it's okay, just purely because they can get that ball off of them and sort of like make it a little bit dysfunctional. But if they were to go up against a team that is trying to aim for the same goal as they are, you know, trying to get that same meta in place. They're going to get hit so hard purely because their flaws are so big that those mistakes will just get instantly counted. Like I said, that leaving no one back in their own half of the field means that if you had a team like in any of the RLCS teams, they'll just see that, pop the ball right up and over, easy, long sniper shot downfield. And that is a massive problem. You'd go from being like Weedham Girls looking one of the best teams currently, just purely from their caliber, to looking like one of the worst teams purely because they get scored on about five times in a single game. And they've got to fix those issues of just spacing on the pitch and knowing when to attack correctly with each other. Well, we'll see if they can fix those issues going forward into next week because they are up against Savet Geneva. You think that they're probably going to end up having an easy time with that? Honestly, I have to agree. Uh, I guess now's a great opportunity just to talk about the next week's matches as a whole, actually. Um, RJM are going to be taking on the boys from the Awkward Turtles to kick things off. Uh, we them girls in the second match take on Savet Geneva, RCD versus Block Block and Triple Trouble versus Vertex. Then on the B stream, which is happening a day later, RCD versus We Them Girls, Baguette Squad versus <laughs> Savet Geneva, uh, BDS take Take on block block as the final match of the overall week. So what do we think, Bacon? Let's get some predictions in first. So straight away, my prediction, that rival stream, the B stream, is going to be lit as the kids See, this is why I'm fucking purely. pissed that I'm going to be at Epic Land because that means I don't get to fucking cast it. So, you know. Yeah. I I, I, I don't know. We haven't got our sign-up sheets as of the... Uh, no, right, Rival yet. have not asked us to do it yet. So, like, we're, we're still waiting on that little call. But I, I, I digress. So. And, and I, I don't know the reason because the NA side have got, I think, their sign-up sheets for availability. But, yeah, hopefully I get on that because I can't wait. I think that We Them Girls versus RCD is going to be brilliant. But Get Squad going up against the Vetch Neva will be be very interesting for me because right now I, we were talking with some of the players and just mirroring has got to fix his problems because he is potentially a fantastic player we're talking about this on the uh viewing pie i think it was and just how if that lad can just change up mentality stop being so nervous this team could do a little bit of damage and are hoping against baguette squad who are one of the weaker returning teams they can do that and then of course like, like that's the cast of bias aspect and then bds versus block block will just be i have no idea 
it. But looking to the mainstream, I struggle to look at any of those games and think they're going to be interesting. Maybe RCD versus Block Block could be quite cool because that's just going to be so fast and high pace. But I expect Triple Trouble to absolutely smack Vertex unless Vertex fix themselves because... Like I said earlier, they just go to shambles. They get so flustered, so frustrated, so nervous as well on the RORS stage that they go from being the top-looking team coming into this season to the worst-looking team instantly, and that's crazy. I mean, I could see potentially the RJM match being an, 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 just an, a curious watch of nothing else, just I've because it's no going to be Awkward Turtles. Awkward Turtles. You've I've got, got no, no belief. belief. I think this one will be the, certainly the pace setter for them. You know, I, I, I wonder how far they'll be able to go. Mm. Um, uh, but I think uh, you know, if they if they get smashed against RJM, that will tell a lot of different stories. Um, uh, but yeah, I do agree with you. That B stream is looking fucking sick. Um, Weedem goals are going to have a real tough time against RCD. That might end up being another Spanish victory uh, for the Spaniards, uh, uh, you know. And in that Baguette squad versus Svet Geneva match to see if they can recover some points after they will get smashed from Weedem goals the day before. Uh, but you know, just going from top to bottom, give me your predictions. Who do you think is going to win? What do you think the scorelines are going to be? Oh, scorelines: RGM Orcatels. Let's go for a three-one there. Uh, Weedem goals three-zero against Svet Geneva. Uh, RCD versus Block One three-one. Triple trouble takedown. Uh, Vertex 3 0. RCD 3 2 against Weedem Girls. Uh, Get Squad 3. Oh, do I want to go 3 1 or 3 2 against Vet Geneva? I'll say 3 <laughs> 2 purely because otherwise they would hate me. Uh, <laughs> and then. <laughs> I'll see definitely... you at land, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> last but not least, BDS take down Block Block. And actually, no, I want to go with the story of Block Block this season. Block Block take down BDS 3 2. And that'll Fuck, be Fuck, man. Epic. You, you've got most of my goddamn predictions in there, dude. <laughs> yeah. I was going to go RJM uh, 3 1. I was going to go Weed M Girls 3 0. Uh, RCD, uh, I had them 3 2 against Block Block. Uh, Triple Trouble uh, 3 uh, 0 against Vertex. Uh, for the RCD match uh, on the uh, B stream, I had Weed M Girls going above RCD 3 2. And I think this will be the closest fucking 3 2 in the world. Like, they'll be like some stupid boring overtimes and I'll all be separated by a single goal. Um, uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to quite be the same sort of uh, fun guy as Savet want me to be. I'm going to go 3-1 uh, baguette squad. And yeah, I think Block Blocker beating BDS 3-2. Uh, I've got big, yeah, I, I've got big hype for Block Block, especially off that week one performance of just like, Vertex shot themselves. They were quivering in the corner scale. <laughs> and I'm hoping that just gives Block Block the... Uh, you know, the boost they need. Again, like I said, that's why I want Savet Geneva to win this week. And why Awkward Turtles, if they don't beat RGM, they're not going to do anything this season. They've got yep. to get that win under their belt now. They've got... Like, I know for Awkward Turtles, it's their first fucking game of the season, but it's... You gotta hit the ground running. <laughs> like we saw what happened to Echo Zulu last season, and it's two thirds the same roster, you know? It's the same with like I feel a bit bad for Savet Geneva because their first fucking match of the season is against We Dem Girls, and they're just instantly like it's David and Goliath. <laughs> like, story welcome right to the there. fucking rival series, bitch. Welcome to the rival series. Now get in the corner. <laughs> and Savet Geneva just there, like they they just gotta take that, realize that yeah, it's gonna be a loss. But learn from your mistakes. Who knows? Savet Geneva, if like I expect Weedem girls to throw at least one game from their mentality, you know, I was just saying. So if Savet Geneva can just suddenly take that in the stride and roll with it, it could be somewhat interesting because they build up off of that, but who knows? Well, let's move on to the RLCS this time. Um 
Let's talk about the championship series for a little bit as we enter to round two this past gone weekend. And, um, uh, well, uh, this was interesting to say the least. Let's go from top to bottom with the results. Uh, FC Barcelona beating Endpoint in a 3-0 sweep. Uh, Veloce mm -hmm. took down TSM 3-1 up singularity, pulled off the upset of the week by beating Rene Vitality 3-2 in overtime, doing a task got ASM at 4-3-1, and then Reciprocity beat Mouseports 3-1, leaving your standings as Team Reciprocity being 2-0 up alongside FC Barcelona at the top of the table. Dignitas pulling in the rear of that three-team uh, three pack just by having a single game difference below the FC Barcelona camp. It should be noted that uh, FCB and R and, and Rack are tied up at plus four apiece, so they are basically dead even. Uh, dead even also for fourth and fifth position between Veloce and Renault Vitality. Mouse Sports also pinging in the rear end of that pack with no game difference, and Singularity a negative one game difference behind them. But in the bottom three, it's TSM, ASM, and Endpoint, all with no wins on the board, concluding your week three standings. So let's start with the FCB result, I think is the one that I want to go to because we have this team from fucking day one um, and we saw the opportunity for them to potentially absolutely get railed this season because they nearly got the reverse sweep against Veloce but this week they came up against Endpoint and they managed to sweep them out of the server um, there's still questions I think regarding how you know the mentality of that team currently working mm -hmm. is, is working and whether or not the uh, the aggressive striking style is really going to work for them going forward but Endpoint I mean here's the thing I, I, I would expect on paper this to be an easy victory for FC Barcelona just on the basis that their arrival series team and endpoint are coming in literally fresh new blood. Um, but I didn't expect it to be this one-sided. Um, no, I didn't expect it to be this one side as well. And I even, I think I predicted endpoint to take this one this week purely because I was there like, oh, it is going to be one of those FCB are not ready. Endpoint have done the homework. And, you know, I, I was thinking endpoint this season realized that they want to get that six, six, uh, six amp spot and they're going to be strategic about it. Like they would have fought this out, lads. They came in and Virtuoso was the only player really alive on that pitch, Jay. FCB were not impressive at all. Like, you look at the results there uh, in the 3-0, 4-3, overtime of five minutes, which really shattered Endpoint after that one because 4-0 and then 2-1. And I'm going to... I don't want to witch hunt him or anything like that, but relating Wave was a shell of his former self. Like, we were in the uh, viewing party, and I want to say it was Tylacta came in and just said, during six mans, like, in their warm-ups... He was not doing well at all. And I think he just came in on a really bad day because there were so many mistakes from him. It it resulted in Virtuoso doing a little bit of a bluey situation where he is just trying to do everything on the pitch and it's hurting the team as a result. But there was no trust in the team at all whatsoever. And it resulted in things like Barcelona realizing this. Flakes went on an absolute tear, just demoing. Yeah. He was trying to get them just to be so frustrated and just allow the easiest goals whatsoever. And it's a massive problem. Don't get me wrong from this. They did get that uh, one goal in game three endpoint because there was a little bit of an overcommit due to Flakes going on those demos. But it just shows that endpoint, they've got to have a good on the day performance don't get me wrong against Renault Vitality they looked good 
they're going up against Ren Vitality, which is a very hard team to crack, but they looked good there. Coming to this week, they looked completely different. And for me, that is worrying because going forward, you know, FCB was one of the teams that on paper before this season, we were there going, they can get a win here. That is one down. You know, that's one which they could get a strategic win. And we know with the RLCS, it is hard. You've got to keep taking each week as it goes. Going forward, where we have six games each week from now on, Endpoint might just have, like, I'm um, trying to look for which week it is. Not until later on, which is lucky for them, but week seven is the only week they'll have two games on. Um, but you got to think, week seven comes around and they have a bad week again that is going to kill them because that is two on the same week, which is two losses. Once against Dig to start off, which is harsh, but then they've got Singularity there, which they'd be trying to get the win off because that's like their closest rivals. But as we say that, Singularity had crap on forms this week and looked nothing like an just a newly promoted RLRS team at all. Whereas Endpoint, they're following that old pattern. And it's crazy to think that Endpoint are in that, position especially since they were the ones with the uh auto qualification spot from last yeah, season yeah i was gonna say you know it, it's very weird to see sort of them not holding up the same sort of form that they had at the end of the last season when they had such mm. a really good fucking uh, uh when they had such a really good fucking uh, uh run you know especially after last week where they actually did go toe-to-toe against Reno vitality um mm. and you know obviously the inconsistencies are something that are a little bit sort of semi-common in in the rocket league space but you know, like with relating wave being on that main sort of like, you know, being that main like sinking anchor essentially for this team. Like if, if he goes quiet, does that mean the whole of endpoint yeah. just, just, just absolutely destroy it completely? And I, I think like, that uh, applies to anyone in this team. It relies upon all three players pulling a lot of load because realistically, not to be harsh to these guys, but they are probably still RORS players like by caliber. And they're hitting above the bar and they're doing it from great team synergy and unexpected plays. And that all comes down to their play style between them being so off key to everyone else. And it throws off teams. Now, when you come into this, where you've got a team that is just, again, off key FCB don't play like normal and you're not feeling well, like you're just not playing up to bar on that day. FCB will punish that just because they'll look at it and they'll just go, Oh, they're, they're a little bit frustrated. What's going on with Relay and Wave this week? Let's try and prod that. Let's prod the bear. Let's try and make him a little bit angry. Unfortunately, the bear's already dead, so you're not going to get a grizzly <laughs> response. But the point still stands that FCB will try and just punish that. And today, they punished hard. And I honestly didn't expect it to be that way. I, I, I mean, nope. just, let's, let's, let's I play it from point to win. Yeah, before we, yeah, I'm just going to say, like, you know, if, if they were coming up, did we think that they were, if, if they were coming up in a good form, did we expect them to sort of, like, you know, take this victory above FC Barcelona? I mean, I guess you kind of predicted it. So I guess that is a yes assumption from you. Um, and certainly it is a yes assumption from me because I, I just, you know, if, if that's the case, then seeing how they've come up against FC Barcelona, I might have to think twice before picking endpoint into any of the other results because, you know, if they are going to be this inconsistent, then we're going to have some serious problems going forward. And what has now mm. become, uh, what, what was the, hottest team coming out of the rival series is now suddenly going to be a little bit less hype so we'll see how well they do in the, in the coming few weeks 
Uh, but the next result here is Veloce's Big Steel. I guess you could call it a big steal because you you were talking about this, uh, I think, uh, yesterday or the day before, where you were like, you, they should not be allowed to blag their way to another land victory. <laughs> um, is, 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 I think that was the particular quote that is yep. what you said. Um, but here's the it, thing, right? It. Against TSM, like... It's TSM at the end of the day. Like, you know, we still have a lot of questions surrounding this squad. We're still thinking about whether or not they're actually still good, you know, with this <laughs> roster move. I'm I'm, I, I'm not too surprised that Veloce managed this, this, this pickup here, Bacon. You know, I'm not too surprised at this result. So the re I picked TSM to win this purely off of week one. I saw how TSM played against Dig and I was there like, oh my God, TSM are good. Remco's got a whole new lease of life. I, I even, I think, used the quote of someone put Remco on a mobility scooter. That's how it felt like. But coming into quote, yeah. this week, someone's kicked him off that mobility scooter and he's on his back, legs flailing in the air, try screaming for someone to roll him on over. He was just dead in the water this week. And again, you look, I'm just going to say Octane GG with their stats coverage are fantastic because in the four game series, they, they do this fantastic thing of rating each and every one you do uh, you get a rating of one you pulled the weight of your team essentially, or that's like, that's what you're aiming for. A one would be a win and you pulled your, uh, wait, in that first game, which uh, TSM won, by the way, Remco got 0.36. That is abysmal. He did shit all. And then game two, again, it was the whole problem really uh, with the entire team. But the only one before, and game three where they lost it, uh, 2-0, he got 0.23. But the whole t time, it basically relies upon Metza in this side. Metza and Magnus. Remco didn't have any performance at all. He like it, it, it was a 3v2 by all means, really. And it just comes down to he has got to be fixed. Like that whole statement, you know, I want to say last season where he said, maybe I should have been kicked. You know, maybe it was wrong getting rid of uh, Ike Knight. I should have been the one out. Probably. Yeah. That, that, that is still showing signs even now. Even with Alpha last season, you're only just scraped on by. And it's showing it once again. So, I mean, if by some miracle TSM stay up another season, I do not expect Remco to be on that lineup because he is not RLCS anymore. It'd fit in with ROLS no. and fit in with that whole, you know, the mentality we're saying of you be that player, the old veteran who picks up two, like does a greasy essentially, picks up two new hopefuls and just ferries them on through. And that'd be great for him. But right now, he does not belong here at all. And it just shows. Week one, he got my hopes up. But week two, he shattered them all himself. And I, I just feel fooled right now. I, I feel I'm, I'm a little salty over this. You've had the rug pulled out from underneath you. Yeah. And, and honestly, I have to agree, yeah, because, you know, I, I personally would have thought this one to be a bit more closer, but I would have picked, picked TSM on that basis as well. You know, I still have my questions surrounding them, but, you know, I, I have to agree with you on the Remco thing, you know, like for who is supposed to essentially be the striker of this team, he managed two shots per game on average in this whole thing. It's like, that's fucking nothing. You know, it's like shots per game is like one of the highest stats that you can score in a fucking championship series uh, mm -hmm. uh, matchup and seeing him 
getting only two. You know, Magnus and Metanaris, it's fine because they're not supposed to be as heavily sort of like aggressive as someone like Remco is. And Remco pulling off the same sort of stats as those guys. And obviously, you know, as you mentioned, being mm. the lowest rated player because he couldn't even get many, uh, he, he didn't get any assists, didn't get any goals and, uh, you know, tried his best to get some sort of, uh, 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 you, you, know, you know, he tried his best to get some sort of like defensive going, but even that was pretty, uh, pretty terrible and below even what yeah. Magnus and Metzler were putting up, which again makes sense because that's their play style. And it's like, well, fucking hell, you know, where, what, what has this team really got in terms of its own striking power? And yes, they did score game one by the skin of their teeth and in every other game, you know, nothing, no goals, one goal for the entire fucking series. Mm. And Veloce were basically gifted a fucking, you know, game right here. Um, or a series right here. Like, this is yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. this is the worst fear that I think I had for a team like TSM. You know, like obviously we when we mentioned that Alpha's sort of like main Alpha's departure was the main crutch of this team kind of taken away, and we thought maybe the Magnus Metzenaris magic would come back, and then suddenly Remco fucking shits the bed, and now the magic is never going to be even you know remotely They're close to being enough. The third man, that is it. Yeah, and last season they had Alpha, who is a god of a player. Uh, you're starting to see like with Vitality for example their problem is that they're still learning how to play with alpha and that's understandable you know he's coming on into a completely different play style in a di in a brand new team and he's having to fit in and alpha's having to fit in with how both kdop and fairy when alpha went over the tsm it was just a very much solo minded format so he could get more effectiveness there but also last season you know how it went they were just able to squeak on through with the uh promotion playoffs looking at this now remco needs to be playing old remco self where the, you pointed out you only got two shots on target remco bashes out shot after shot purely peppering that backboard you know which would result in him getting five six shot uh, you know shots uh on the scoreboard purely because that's the pressure that he supplies and then eventually it'll lay on to Magnus or Metzer to finish off Magnus and Metzer always do the shoot to score mentality they are trying to be a little bit more clinical and here where Remco's not putting on any pressure or not putting anything that could lead up to a goal realistically it is hurting them so bad and yeah, they, they deserve that loss. Going forward, it doesn't get easier for TSM. You know, like next yeah, week, no. they're going to get shut out by Vitality, something rotten. And then going forward, they got ASM, and that's going to be ASM trying to really claw back every single game they can. TSM, they're done. That's it. Are you calling it here? TSM I'm are done. It at, like, yeah, as, as a team, as, as a team as a whole, like surely there must be some sort of salvageable element to this squad. You know, like I mean, this is still Metzenaris and Magnus here. Like, let's play fantasy for a moment and talk about the the salvageability of that particular duo. Because obviously, now that a lot's not made it into the rival series, he's on the market. Okay, now I know it's going to take a bit of time before they figure out where they want to go from here. But Metza, Magnus, a lot. You know, the old complexity lineup. How do we <laughs> feel about that potentially returning in as a new TSM? Why? <laughs> that, that doesn't sound very fucking encouraging. No. Just on that thought of bringing a lot back, why would you go from a lot when you've got all these other players coming through in the RL RS, you know? Like, that that's the way I look at it. When you look at players like Toch Traptonized right now, I feel like he would be a much better improvement to that, uh, to the side, you know? And this is what, was, uh, what I'm trying to say. Like, why would you go back? 
You know, it feels like you're not improving. You're just going from old dog to old dog. No, try and bring in some fresh blood, especially when you you saw the complexity project, right? And how they had two old players with that new fresh talent and they were sort of all built up of that with Flakes coming on in and how well they did. Don't get me wrong, they dropped off and that all comes down to the team chemistry taking a massive nosedive straight into the concrete ground. But that's a whole different factor. Here, Magnus Metzer and let's just say Tox could be a fantastic lineup. And I'm just using Tox as an example, but there are many other ROS players that could fit on in there quite nicely. List them. Well, you've got both Eeks and Breezy could fit in quite nicely there. There's a lot more of an aggressive example. Um, I'm just going through ROS players right now, straight off the top of my head. Uh, we could even see maybe even a Bluey jump up if he has a cracking season so far. I could see Monkey Moon take up that uh, space there. Uh, you get other players like maybe even uh, Mellow Shishu from Block Block. Uh, I highly doubt that, though, just because I don't see there being a massive connection there. Or someone along the lines of maybe even Rizek finally gets his shot. That's the less likely one. But you know what I mean? There's a lot of aggressive players, and that's what that team needs right now. More of that solo sort of mindset, can do things on his own, and actually get results. Do what he's told. Be that hound dog to jump on in. If he needs to hold up the ball downfield, he can hold it up. If he just needs to pull off a crazy aerial solo play, he can do that. And then it allows Motsa, Mo, uh, Metza and Mognus. Um, Motsa? Is that, is that a good ship, na uh, ship name Motsa for them? Motsonorus, yeah. Motsonorus, that's it. That's their <laughs> ship name together. Um, just to be able to think about, okay, how are we passing this? And be that duo in mind. It's... Maybe it's playing very heavily upon that brain dead met, uh, meta, but this is the natural evolution I see right now where you have that one player who is just a dog. They're going to chase that ball. They're going to absolutely drive in the corner and cause havoc. The other two play much more structured play and then can build off of that. That's where I see that current meta going, and I could see that from this team. It's all going to be relying upon next season and one big change-up in what has always been their core man that needs to go because the foundations are not sturdy. Well, this may well be the last run for Remco, so enjoy it while it lasts, TSM fans, and hope and pray to God that it's enough to try and stay up in the uh, uh, promotion playoffs if they even get there. There's still a chance they might even get auto-demoted, but that's the topic for another day. For now, let's move on, because we are now going to talk about the big upset of the week, and the only series, well, the only half a series I managed to get uh, in, in my busy schedule this weekend. <laughs> Singularity, the upset of the week. Weak bacon. Uh, holy crap. Um, oh boy. I have a few things to say about this one, actually, because like it, it was obvious. It was obvious to me that Singularity are a team that love to, prep to prepare uh, because they came into this one. They knew exactly what they were doing from the word go. It's still going to be tough, right? Because obviously when it comes to individual caliber and like, you know, player versus player sort of engagements, Renovitality have them beat just from experience alone. 
and the talent level of those players, like, you know, there's no way that someone like a, a fucking Bo is going to beat Alpha 54 in terms of just a 1v1 duel. So what does Singularity do? Actually, they played really fucking awkwardly. I loved how they positioned the ball in positions that made Renault Vitality lose control a lot over the mm -hmm. series. You know, whether it be back passes into their own half so they couldn't reach out and try and get an offensive play going, then Singularity's rotations would come in, pick up that ball and chase it back down to the other end of the field. Um, or whether it just be, uh, you know, just like put, uh, throwing players off like there was one point in uh, in game number three where Fairy Peak was really feeling the pressure and really feeling the awkwardness of the positioning of the ball, um, and then he overcommitted on like the third goal of that uh, of that particular game, and that overall allowed them to get to overtime on the singularity side. Um, go back and watch it; it's a very curious little moment of how they positioned off that backboard, and I fucking loved it. You know, it was clear to me that singularity realized, okay, we can't beat them on our own, so we've got to play like you know a really different style of Rocket League. We've got to come into this thinking about how we're gonna you know approach this game and they came out the bell for it bacon because even that last goal the overtime goal which everyone's fucking seen like that was some mm. baller level shit from god smith okay like, let's be real to pull shot and own goal against Renault vitality that was fucking beautiful yeah so Renault vitality like to play very calculated plays like they're always thinking in their head okay what is the most efficient what is the most likely way to win this how do we you know they're thinking in their head, anything below a 60% chance of success is not within question. We can't do that. So when Singularity are rushing you for the ball each and every time, forcing 50-50s and quite often putting themselves in the favor to win them, so that everything that Vitality is doing is at a disadvantage, it is so fucking clever. It's crazy. And then, of course, we cannot deny the fact that, like, during the first two games, I'm going to put it right now, God's Miller was not playing well. Like, he was just okay. Nolly this week was an absolute champ. Know how hyped we got about Alpha two seasons back, Jay? I'm going to start getting that hyped about Nolly right now because he is a god as a player. And it was just crazy to see him work on the pitch because he was the one that got a lot of these you know balls rolling essentially for singularity is the one instigating it and he was the one causing the most trouble for Renault vitality we're talking about teams right now like mouse and reciprocity trying to go for those counter plays this is how you counter effectively whilst keeping your own play style your own super aggressive play style going where you're trying to force those 50 50s but line them up so that when the ball you know bounces out pinches out you've got a man to follow up on it and singularity are just played this to a T. Don't get me wrong. This was a game five OT win. And we're saying Singularity played this to a T. But you're going up against arguably the best team in Europe at the moment, Renault Vitality. I mean, you could put on a case for reciprocity and mouse, but you know, coming off of Worlds, Vitality is the strongest team. That's just like a default statement. And you're taking a win. And you're coming up as a team that made it through the promotions. This is, I talked about the uh, David versus Goliath story uh, earlier with FCB uh, against uh, Endpoint and all of that. And you've got that same sort of statement going on here with Singularity and RV. And right now, Singularity have somehow done it. They've cracked it. Next week, they go up against two very tough dogs as well in Dignitas and Mouse. And right now, 
They, I, I don't think they're scared. They just go, we've got to put the same plan no. on into action. They've shown they can do it. They could do it again. If anything, it comes down to dig and mouse to look at that game and go, okay, what was Singularity doing? Where are their areas we can sort of work upon? Especially mouse, because they're trying to play that counter strat uh, style. It's Dignitas, which I think are probably going to be the most scared because they're the ones that are going to try and play their own style and not counter play against Singularity so harsh. So Singularity Singularity would be focusing on that and then probably come up with like, okay, let's have about two, three different ways we can move this ball about so that mouse has to adjust to us because that's what they're going to be doing. And we just keep throwing them for a loop. And Singularity could do it. I know I'm basing this over one week of gameplay, but it was such a strong week for them. And we look over to the reciprocity. It wasn't the biggest trouncing ever, you know. It was a free one, yes. But you saw how in game two, it went to overtime as well. Singularity are going to be the sleeper team, I reckon. And they're going to be the ones that, yes, probably might come out between fourth and sixth. But they're going to put themselves in good stead and maybe even make it to LAN. And it I've all comes a- down to week three. I've got a little less faith um, in uh, mm-hmm. in Singularity than you do. I mean, I still think they're a fucking great team. You know, a victory of Vitality is still amazing, but it's like, this you way. consider... You can isn't let, let me let me just finish my point. Yeah. You consider how Singularity played against Renault Vitality. You mentioned that they love to play really calculated and 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 and, and, and you know prepared on that Renault Vitality side. The Singularity mm-hmm. come back to the, came back to them by throwing that whole calculated line off, off off kilter. But it's like when you come up against a team like Mouse Sports, for example, who are hyper aggressive and they rely on that aggression most most uh, first and foremost. It's like, well, can a Singularity further adapt to adjust to that playstyle? You know, I realize well, that it's very in meta at the moment to sort of like you know prepare and you know adapt in that respect to try and you know I mean almost in the meta conversations is trying to read how your opponents are playing but it's like you know do Singularity have that skill to potentially pull that off in next week against as you say some pretty big powerhouses in Dignitas and Mouse Sports the problem is that Mouse Sports aren't that super aggressive team anymore Jay they've won these teams that have picked up that new meta of being really I'm going to say conservative and counteracting and the problem is they're too conservative I think Singularity can punch holes in Mouse if Mouse aren't careful Mouse have got to do a lot this week to suddenly be able to change themselves around because they look terrible against Reciprocity and they've just got to start getting a little bit more aggressive I think for Mouse they probably need to take a step back have a little maybe go to older a little bit more ball chasey ways especially when you've got the power that scrub killer provides on the team alongside speed take a little bit of a look back and think okay but how do we implement this correctly and that's going to be the interesting one when it comes down to dig like i said dig are a little bit more predictable in their play style but they're very strong teams so that's going to be the harder one for singularity realistically but you look at singularity now jay with how they've performed so far Sing- after week three, Singularity go up against Veloce. Who would you take to win that? You know? Singularity go up against TSM. Who would you take to, you know, to win that? Singularity versus Endpoint. Just three games there, which I'd probably pin on Singularity to win right now. And three wins is enough to get you up to seventh and safe into next season. And Singularity already have one win against one of the big dogs. Singularity are looking good to stay in the RLCS, which is something before this season I don't think anyone was banking on. Everyone's probably thinking that Singularity are going to be the weakest looking team this season. And I don't know what they did in that month off 
time, you know, that off season, but they've somehow pulled things together and it's just coming down to the natural chemistry this team has and their mindset about how to take challenges, how to take on opponents. And it is something crazy, which I'm really looking forward to in like an evolution to that ball chasing style where it's not ball chasing so much, but it's going in and just, it's more about chasing, um, opportunities chasing 50 50s chasing the ball up into here to beat your opponent there chasing boost to try and cancel out your opponent's boost there was moments in that vitality series where i think i saw fairy peak with nothing in the tank for way too long and it's all coming down to singularity just making sure to put vitality in the worst possible scenarios and that is very clever that's a crazy crazy like point for them and it's going to be interesting for me right now to see other teams that might be just teetering on the edge let's take asm for example where they haven't had the greatest start look at singularity and maybe go let's try and mimic that what can we like what can we take from them because they're getting the results against the top teams we've unfortunately dropped to mouse and dig but we need to turn this around now. Otherwise we could be in a dodgy scenario and singularity are pushing the envelope for a new sort of way of playing. And like I said, I think at the moment we've got three very solid different ideas of how to play rocket league within Europe alone. And it won't be until the end of the season. We find out which is the best. We're going back to the other side of the coin, Renault Vitality. Mm. Um, uh, obviously, the big thing for them this season was the pickup of Alpha, and we fucking yeah. raved about this. We were like, oh my God, Alpha's going to make Renault Vitality the best team in the world. Um, but this series highlighted a couple of the problems, I feel like, with, with, with Alpha being involved in this, because as you mentioned, he's hyper-aggressive. He, uh, he yep. loves the striking role, and... and and when playing with the Vitality style, with how off kilter they were thrown here, you could see real cracks on the surface for this player. Like, he was the lowest ranked uh, of all the Renault Vitality guys in this whole series. And it's like, are we going a bit too hype about Alpha in, in the context of Vitality? Like, is he really, like, a good pickup? Is he as good as a pickup as we thought he was going to be? Or is this just a blip on the radar because Singularity just came into this whole thing prepared? I think this is a blip on the radar. And it all comes down to... Vitality playing very predictable. Um, they'll play just that standard passing style and a lot of space between them. And the singularity, of course, the homework and realize the way to beat that. So now Vitality going into next week have quite favorable opponents in TSM and FCB should be able to hold up of their own account. But it's all coming down to they're playing predictable because they've got to. They're still trying to get to terms with Alpha on the team. So this is a team that will evolve as the season goes on. They're lucky that they're coming on in as a higher seed. And we know that the higher seeds get the hardest opponents towards the back end. Put it this way. They don't get a top like four contender until week five when they go up against reciprocity week six they then go up against dig week seven uh they go up against mouse and then week eight they get veloce to finish things off but they've got another two weeks now to still fi uh, find figure out how to take on opponents don't get me wrong they've got tsm and fcb and then asm after that but realistically they're easy opponents easier opponents than the top dogs and they've just got to work it on out right now of they've got one week Let's try and figure it out. Like, what is the way we want to play with Alpha? And then the second week is let's implement how we want to play with Alpha. And then the real challenge will come against Reciprocity.
We have five days to do that as of the time of this recording. So let's see whether or not they can do well against TSM and FC Barcelona going into next week. And our final match that we want to talk about is Reciprocity versus Mouse Sports. This was the one that we highlighted last week as being the game to watch as the one that we wanted to see <laughs> as, as the one that we wanted to see because we thought, holy shit, this is going to be amazing. They're going to go absolutely ham. It's going to be fucking awesome. We're going to see the best of mouth sports. We're going to see the best of reciprocity. Did we see that bacon? Eh, eh, no, the fuck, fuck we, didn't. No, we didn't. This is the one we go, <laughs> don't watch. You don't want to see this. It's going to hurt you if you're a reciprocity or mouse fan because, I, I mean, a little less if you're a reciprocity fan, but there were so many fucking things wrong with this series i can say i saw Berra on the pitch see ahead of him the boost got taken by a mouse player and then sat on a mid pad boost until it respawned in what? 10 seconds still <laughs> or well not 10 what? probably about nine or eight in total but that was just how bad it was mouse like, they had a good counter to reciprocity. Don't get me wrong. They were able to just stop everything, well, not stop everything reciprocity were doing, but stop a lot of their challenges. The problem with Mouse this week is they had nothing to return. They got the ball off their opponents in the room half. I'm like, what do we do now? Let's boot it downfield. Are you, you going to chase onto that? Nope. We're going to play defense. Uh, guys, you're like 2-0 down. We're playing defense. You, you realize how this is going to work? We're playing defense. Okay. Yeah, this ain't going to work, is it? We're playing defense. I don't think you listen to me right now. We're playing defense. Okay, speed. That's lovely. Next one, please. Um, Now, talking about this brain, like, speed was in an interview last week. I can't remember. I want to say it was on Rock Tears. Can't remember off the top of my head. But talking about this, like, brain dead meta. And I seriously think they might have gone a little bit brain dead because they were <laughs> not evaluating and adjusting at all this series. And it was just horrible to watch. I've seen paint dry that is more exciting than this series. Reciprocity were able to half-heartedly play this just looking because whatever they were doing was good enough. They weren't being challenged effectively in their own half. Yeah, it's good to stop your opponent from scoring. That's fine. But you've got to then go put the pressure on the opposite end. And it is just the most ridiculous series ever. And I look at that tweet and I'm sorry. How do you think you played better this week, Speed? Because that was not. You can't go from winning 3-1 to losing 3-1 and think that you played better because clearly there's something going wrong there. Don't get me wrong. You're going up against a very hard opponent in reciprocity. You're trying to set your core foundations on him with this new meta style, but there is so much wrong with it. And it comes down to just being so conservative. I don't know whether it's a like a scared tactic of not wanting to push forward, but it was just way too often. Like I said, the ball booted downfield and no one there to receive it. You ain't, you're just handing it on over. You're just playing a game of catch at that point. The problem is that the opponent team have got a baseball bat and are hitting it back at you. You're just there stuck with a glove. Fucking hell, mate. You let you in a thorin slip for a moment. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Sorry, that, that series pissed me off because that is everything wrong with Rocket League in one I, series. I mean, look, I didn't watch it again. I, I didn't get the mo again. I, I really should fucking catch up on these series. I need to make some time in the day. Yeah. But like, even just taking a look at the stats from Octane, like everyone except for Scrub Killer ranked lower than 1.0 on both teams. Mm -hmm. Like, 
And yeah, reciprocity were able to take it because obviously their team formation is a little bit more consistent overall. Um, but like, yeah, like obviously the main sticking point for us was mouse balls. Now they were going to come out of the gate swinging in this fucking season and it feels like they've gone a bit too far with the whole, you know, adjusting to the new meta sort of thing. Because, yeah, it's a little bit more calculated, this new meta. Uh, but where they've got such aggressive players, where they've got such, um, you know, where they've got such, like, you, you know, offensively based players. And again, Speed mm. being a striker, scrub killer, maybe less of a striker, but Cooks is certainly as well. You know, you talk about them and it's like, you know, you you, you, you look at how mouse sports are supposed to form up and it's like, well, if, if they're going to play defense all fucking day, then you're never going to get anywhere, you know? And, mm -hmm. I think that, that that sort of really devalues what Scrub Killer's worth. Because remember what he was fucking doing for Renault Vitality when they were in their slump, you know? He was fucking the miracle worker of the of the net. You know, he yep. was doing insane things to make sure goals did not go in for Renault Vitality. And meanwhile, here in Reciprocity, if they're all playing defense, he hasn't got room to shine. It's like, have a little bit more faith in this kid because he's fucking really good at, at backline defense. You know, Speed and Cooks here should have enough room to play off of each other and go for an offensive style of play. Um but it feels like they've just adjusted this meta way too much, as you mentioned, you know? Yeah. Sorry, there was still, no link I'm still buckled by the whole, no, we're playing defense thing. <laughs> Sorry. They were just so, they didn't link up at all. There was no passes. And don't get me wrong, the one lad that can get away with that on this side is Cooksey. Like, he, the number of times he just goes for a solo run downfield and it'll create some opportunity, you know? But he is the one guy that should be focusing on defense. Scrub killer and speed need to focus on each other. Very akin to the Mets from Mogna's ideals. That's how I look at it right now. Maybe a little bit of a difference where Cooks is more defensively focused, where with that Mets and Mognus, you want someone else to be more aggressive. But looking at this, they were not linking up, not passing between each other. Like I said, if they got the ball, they just hit it downfield and left it there. They they just mainly, I, I think the idea was more that they were trying to then focus on the macro of the game and go for the midfield um boost pads to try and secure those 100s but the problem is that once they got onto those 100s their opponent had the ball they already had boost of course where they had pressured for so long and then were able to just get back into the attack so going for those midfield boosts did not work at all and i think it was just a fundamental idea of how to play this game against reciprocity was flawed and like i said there was no change up throughout the entirety of the series when you've got you know a best of five, you have to change quickly. You have to change in that same game how you're playing. And Mouse Sports just did not do that. Well, talking about reciprocity next, because I think if we talk to more about mouse sports, we fucking tilt somebody. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, uh, reciprocity themselves also, like, again, from rating alone, not, not called to the data here, but, you know, from rating alone, they also ranked relatively low, but a bit more consistent than the rest of the mouse sports players. Um, do you think they had a good series? I know you, you you tilted the fuck out of this one, but I'm not sure how much of that is down to mouse sports being idiots or how much is, it, is reciprocity just playing to their standard. Because the big storyline for reciprocity is are they going to choke like they did at fucking Worlds again? And so far, it's been good for the 2-0. But against Singularity, no one thought the Singularity were going to hold what they did above them, you know, single goal differentials and such. And against mouse sports, it was a little bit more confident with the exception of that game too. But even game four was an OT with a 1-0 scoreline. So, like, what... Wh what, what's the what's the current sort of you know impression on reciprocity for this week? I'm still not impressed by reciprocity. They've currently got a meta which is very odd to me, where 
they'll bolster, definitely bolster one of their players and try and get them to be the strongest, like um, the needle sort of effect. Uh, they're spearheading. That's probably a better idea where the other two will be supporting them. And that's all about, you know, trying to push through and get the biggest sort of uh, damage in one shot. Um We'll look at this and just go for like the biggest example of this was uh, reciprocity's major adjustments to absolutely smack uh, mouse down in games three and four. Where in game three it was chore set, normally it is chore set, but game four that turned into Ferrer, which was a, a very weird change up because Ferrer is normally never this man, it's normally either fruity or chore set, you know, <laughs> being the big pivotal aggressive player Ferro always stays as a bit of a playmaker uh working midfield and then it's always like free to stay back in defense if chore sets upfield or chore set will most likely play a little bit more midfield defense ish if uh he's not feeling it on the day because fruity then has to pick up the slack and right now you're just seeing that this team to just combat it was just all we just keep setting up uh one man in the rotation they'll get a goal eventually and it was just a lot of just continuous build up build up build up there is the break in defense because naturally you only have so much boost uh you need boost to cover the whole of net and they just found that weak point and reciprocity were able to make it through but it, that is just such a basic idea isn't it it's old rocket league at this point and so you're saying you're bringing in a new meta but then losing out to some of the most basic core rocket league there is it's not a great look but reciprocity you you just gotta see they they saw a way to do it they saw how mouse were playing on that day which for a lot of teams probably would be very awkward and they'd get very confused there was uh and they're just going wait why aren't you attacking what's going on here and probably question themselves of how to change it up and be very weirded out by how mouse played but reciprocity just went okay we just play like this now and that's got to be the best sign for reciprocity is that they can change up how they're playing the problem is that however they're playing at the moment just is not looking like peak reciprocity from last summer they're just looking like they're working at about 80 percent yeah, I have to agree, but at the very least, it is currently consistent with the way that they've been playing this season. You know, like mm. the, the ratings are roughly the same as how it was against Singularity last week. So I give them a little bit of leeway in that respect for at least remaining, you know, at, at the same sort of level. But, um, uh, you know, when it comes to some of the teams later on down the road, um, especially next week when they're up against Veloce, like that could be a very interesting sort of affair because Veloce are a bit up and down. They're sort of sneaking away little results. Um, and maybe they've got something in place for reciprocity, excuse me. Um, uh, but, you know, that, that, that's that, that again, there's still a lot of question marks around reciprocity and whether or not they can refine that summer form that they were so fucking dominant in. Like maybe we could be seeing seeing the return of PSG where they get that one land victory mm. look good for it and then next thing you know they fall off the fucking wayside but that's all Christ, questions. it's not be like that for another year is it come on <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hope fucking not dude you know I, I really don't because I fucking love these guys I think they've got a lot of potential but mm. like it feels like every single one of their issues when it comes to really soaring to the great heights is all on mentality you know I'm, I'm not sure what specifically because I haven't got good information on, on and, and a good insight onto how they're you know doing internally in terms of like you know their in, individual sort yeah. of like you know their boot camps and their fucking scrims and shit which can only be so, you know, valuable to a, to a, to an analyst. But you know, it all feels like it's like here's the thing. It's like it's that one team where it's like I want them to succeed because I can't think of any other way 
that they can, that I can, I can't think of anything that I can change, which will push them past the point of, of, of this, you know, mediocrity, exactly. I guess, I guess, I guess yeah. the best word for it, you know, like if you change one of these elements, the whole fucking team formation gets fucked, you know, and we'll see another complexity happen all over again, but there's also no, the other, the only other option there therefore is to say, but get better at the game. And it's like, well, that's too fucking vague, <laughs> yeah. you know, get better at your mentality. Well, how the fuck do you do that? You know, that's, that's yeah. what we've got. And that's the all problem we've is got. that mediocrity is still win them games. And that's the worrying part. That's why I think there's no need to change up. And that's why when it comes to land, they don't have that step up that other teams have. And that's why they fail. It's just because they're okay to just keep going on through and the online, they're good enough for that. But when it comes to land, where they ha- like they can get going on, like I said, 80%, they're not able to step up to that 100, which they need at land just because they're not ready for it. Well, we'll have to step up at some point, and there will be a point coming soon. We'll talk about next week's matches, I believe, at this point, Bacon, so we can uh, kind of run yep. through what their chances are, and the chances are for the rest of the squad. So uh, for next week, we've got Dignitas taking on Singularity, AS Monaco taking on Endpoint, Mouse Sports taking on Singularity in their doubleheader match, Renault Vitality have a doubleheader against TSM, uh, and FC Barcelona to close out the night in between those two matches, Reciprocity take on Veloce. First thing, match of the week, what do we think? I want to go with. Mm, I'm a Mouse Sports fan, so it's probably Mouse versus Singularity. After that week, like Mouse having to make big changes, Singularity suddenly they're like, can it be done? But realistically, I want to say Renault Vitality versus FCB. Like, it's always going to be the last game of the week, is always the highlight one. But that purely comes down to FCB. This is them finally really getting tested and this will be if fcb lose this right here oh that that's uh, that's like you know expected um but if they beat renault vitality there's going to be tons of questions towards renault vitality which develops the story lovely and maybe flakes wasn't a bad idea you know like we said it was just a side grade there's still going to be the same problems with the team well that's fcb with three wins in a row off their own accord Maybe there's something going on which we can't see from the uh, surface, you know? Well, that's what I was going to say. Honorable mention goes to Reciprocity versus Veloce, just out of morbid curiosity to see how Veloce are going to get out of this one, you know? No, um, I, I don't enjoy watching that. that I don't enjoy the sight of that one. For me, <laughs> my backup game would be ASM versus Endpoint, the two teams coming up from Rival Series. And I think, like, ASM yeah, right a good now, shout. like, these two teams are both sitting on uh, Owen 2. You know, they've got to break out of that and it it's fight to the death. By all accounts, you know, the team that loses could be one of the teams doomed to the bottom three, to the relegation zone already. Again, I, I'm just morbidly curious again because Veloce somehow managed to get away, you know, roughly unscathed against FC Barcelona. They come up with a victory on round two. So, you know, again, the question for me is how the fuck are they getting out of this one? But no, other than that, Renault Vitality, FC Barcelona, that is a fucking uh, really good one just because it has so much weight in terms of the storylines yeah. of these two teams. And, you know, FC Barcelona, they got two victories in a row. We thought they were undeserving against Veloce. We thought that we, they were undeserving against Endpoint. If there's one team where they can t- take a victory and it'd be like, okay, now we can't fucking debate it. And now we can't fucking, uh, we've got no way to stand on when it comes to criticizing this team. I feel Mm -hmm. like it will be Renault Vitality to take that win. So yeah. Uh, In terms of predictions though, where where do we think we're going from top to bottom? Uh, Probably dig to take this 3-2. 
too, I'm hoping. I, I want the best from Singularity, but it should be Dig. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, Endpoint to take ASM. I believe Endpoint. It was a blip on the radar with week two. Let's see him back to form. Week three, it's got to be Mouse Sports and Mouse Sports fan, but again, that's purely because they take a loss from Dig and it probably puts them down a little bit, but who knows? Uh, Renault Vitality 3 0 against TSM. TSM going to get wrecked. Uh, Reciprocity versus Vloche. I think that's going to be a 3 1 to wreck. And then last but definitely not least, Vitality versus FCB. Let's say 3 1 to Vitality. I'm going to go uh, 3-1 dig on the first match. Um, I'm actually going to go ASM 3-2 uh, on the second one, um, just because there's still a, there are a few question marks for me surrounding Endpoint, especially mm. after the last one of FC, FC Barcelona. It's like, how easy would it be for one of these players to fall off and then for suddenly ASM to get an easy sort of win? You know, that, I, that, I don't that's give, one thing. Like, I think, again, it comes down to a little bit of favoritism, like fan towards Endpoint, where I'm just yeah, saying, I, mean, like, at I the don't end of the want day, these guys to lose. That's why it's modeling me. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, I'm kind of like trying to weigh it up and and see you know because again I, I want Endpoint to, to succeed as well but it's like I've seen what they ha what happened against FCB this week and it's like oh well ooh, what if someone does drop off what if suddenly this team suddenly fucking you know shits the bed in this week and it's like that's why I'm leaning towards ASM because at least I know mm. that they're relatively in, in a decent position because even though they've lost their last two series I mean that's a team we I guess we have to talk about you know later on in, in I guess we'll talk about them next week but you know even though they've lost their their two series at least they've held a relatively decent consistent level doing so um, and against Endpoint like you know when it comes to consistency that's going to yeah. be their one sort of sticking point uh, Mouse Balls versus Singularity um <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this is a tough one. Um, I think the Singularity's uh, position against Dignitas will set the pace against uh, against how they'll yeah. do against Mouse Sports uh, because, again, it's a case of can they adapt. Um, they adapted well against Renault Vitality. I think they might just do well against Mouse Sports. 3-1. Pretty bold Ooh. fucking prediction. I, um, my, uh, but... Yeah, that is fucking bold because I'd be there going, if Singularity beat Dig, they're beating Mouse. That, that's just yeah, the way absolutely. it's going down. Singularity lose to Dig, they'll lose to Mouse. That's the way. It's it, it's double. There's not a one and one this week. Come yeah. them. Renault Vitality above TSM 3-0, easiest prediction of my fucking yep. life. Um, and Rec 3-1 above Veloce. Now, Renault Vitality versus FCB is going to be the really difficult one for me as well because, you know, FCB, they've got two good results. Uh, but the problem for me is that they're up against Endpoint and Veloce, who even in just basic caliber level, I would have picked FCB to take the wins above them. Um, you know, but then the caveats also weigh in. Veloce got two games above FCB. Endpoint weren't looking good on week two. I'm going around I'm going around Vitality on this one obviously but like the mm. question is is how many games do I want to give to Rana Vitality uh, wait you gotta think Vitality probably are coming off of at worst the 3-1 win against TSM earlier in the day they're going to be fired up that's the way I look at it FCB coming on in last game of the day and they haven't played at all and I don't I don't see them being prepared for Vitality especially when Vitality are going to be putting in a fuck ton of work after the blunder for them, which was week two. Don't get me wrong, it was a great week for Singularity, but Vitality, we know everything bar a win is a loss for them. You know, like, even if it comes out 3-2, super close, you know, that overtime victory, they're going to be kicking themselves about it. They take any kind of loss as you know, that is the worst thing to happen in the world to them. So coming into this week, they'll make massive changes, I think. All right, I'll, I'll go 3-1 Vitality then. Yeah. 
So there you go. Those are our predictions for week three's matches. The question is, do you think you can beat us? Well, you can try your hand at doing just that by going to the Discord links in the show notes and video descriptions of every single episode of the podcast. There is a mailbag channel where you can send us questions. We answered the one from Velixo earlier today, but there is also a little prick and prediction show or prick and prediction challenge being run by Dexter as part of our Discord uh, community. So be involved, get in touch, you know, talk to us. We, we're always happy to answer questions on the Discord <laughs> that might not fit into the show as well. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, we talk every single week when it comes to the uh, uh, when we like do live viewing parties as well. Bacon's running those on the Twitch channel. Uh, so yeah, just get involved in the Discord and of course follow the show on, on, on the various social media platforms on Twitter at RL Aftershock, twitch.tv slash RL Aftershock. Bacon is now doing weekly viewing parties uh, on the Twitch channel. So uh, yep. not only will we stream the episodes live on Mondays and Wednesdays, um, but we'll also be able to do the uh, the viewing parties live on Sunday nights. So. Hopefully, it'll be Fridays as well for ROROS. Potentially. We'll see. Again, Bacon will announce it on the Discord. The Discord is where you want to be if you want to get mm. all of our content or on the Twitter, where we'll also announce it on the, uh, on, on the, on the Twitter page. But. Of course, the podcast wouldn't be a podcast without audio versions, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, TuneIn, and all the other niche and major audio distribution platforms. You can go to anchor.fm slash RLAfterShock to find your favorite platform or request your favorite way to listen. And with that, that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, I'm surprised we managed to go for as long as we did, Bacon. I thought this would be a really fucking short show, but uh, one of the funniest for certain and one of the most entertaining, Mm -hmm. mate. Yeah, it's definitely been a a, a non news packed week. But when we look at RLCS, like it, it was an interesting one with uh, definitely the singularity, like absolute upset. Don't get me wrong, but then it's weird as well that the nuances of Rocket League are turning out the way they are with what the shift in meta teams that we don't get to see so often like we got a lot of fresh blood in the rl rs of course and then of course in rlcs like we we weren't expecting like asm and tsm to really just be such and even endpoint to that to be such you know wet blankets were we no, absolutely not. And a lot of unexpected and expecting things going into the next week. Again, the storylines are evolving. We'll be here to cover it here next week on our After Show. To that point, though, I've been the Eternal J. This has been Digital Bacon. I want to thank you for uh, listening and watching. If you've been watching the uh, the watered down video version, again, apologies that there isn't been video. There's not been a good, good video version this week, but uh, just time constraints and general shit. Dealing with SSP one and SSP two, which is coming really soon. Ooh. Actually, after this show, Bacon, me and you need to do some stuff for SSP two. Uh, and again, yep. you want to follow all the regular social medias to. Uh, uh, to, to get involved in that when it launches in hopefully about a week, 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 two weeks time. Uh, we're waiting on one big element to come together. Then we beta test the whole thing and then we go straight into it. So yeah, keep your eyes on all the action that's coming up very soon for RL Aftershock. But till that point, Bacon, any final words from you before we head out for another week? No, no final words, uh, words really at wow. all. Just... Yeah, no, this week I'm just there going, it's, I'm, I'm just content. Like, we, we got to get on with our little jobs. Like you said, SSB2 is looking pretty hype. I can't wait to head on over and start getting some stuff together for your, uh, you know, your new little uh, studio space. Maybe yeah. we can bring that to Rocket League. It's just a lot in the pipelines at the moment. <laughs> We're not fucking to Rocket League, no chance. <laughs> we just need a sponsor. That's that's the problem right now. Well, if see? there are any sponsors looking to host a Rocket League tournament, then hit me up check out my twitter page if you want to see more details on what ssp1 is and what we can do for you uh but of course also the dms are open as such so uh, hit us up anyways we're gonna get out of here thank you very much for watching and listening and we'll see you back here next week for even more of the aftershock